Praise the Lord. Well, this is the year of 2020 vision, and that's the title of the message today. We look to the word of the Lord. I want to begin with Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 to 12 today. Scripture says, And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, <clears throat> and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. And they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. You are the same, the unchanging God that we serve, our Lord. You are the same, and your years will not fail. Now, we apply this, first of all, of course, to the eternal nature of our Lord. He's everlasting. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He said, I am the Lord, and I change not. So we magnify this eternal quality of the Lord, but can I apply it in another way this morning? You are the same, and your years will not fail. The years you give will not fail. 2018, 2019, 2020, the Lord will not fail. Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. His years will not fail, and he will not fail you in this coming year. His vision will not fail. His loving kindness to you will not fail. His care over us will not fail. His mercy, his forgiveness, his word, his truth will not fail. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. And we step into this new year with tremendous vision and trust in the Lord, knowing that as long as life is lived in this earth, we know one day this earth, the Bible says, is growing old like a garment. It's wearing out. And one day, like old clothes, the Lord will fold it up and set it aside. But till that day, his years will not fail for the righteous, and we walk on in faith and vision and trust in the living God. Hallelujah. It's interesting to see how God mixes and moves in our spirits, in our hearts and minds. Sometimes the Lord causes us to remember things we thought we had forgotten. And sometimes he causes us to forget things we thought we had remembered. And that's what happened to me in recent weeks. For a couple of messages, I've had a certain scripture down that I wanted to share. But somehow, in each message, it never surfaced. It vanished. I never had any recollection of it when I was preaching. This is the year 2020. And I've been really slow on this. I've entirely missed it. It was because some brothers in the church started talking to me about 2020. This is the year of 2020 vision. One brother said to me a few weeks ago, he said, the way this world is going down, we're going to need 2020 vision in 2020. It's the year, as we heard others say, of clear vision, clear perception from the Lord. And I have a scripture in my heart that relates to this, and it's 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20. This is the scripture that escaped my mind for a few messages, but here it is in the timing of the Lord today. 2 Chronicles 20, 20. Believe in the Lord your God, 
and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Forty years ago or so, the founding pastor of this church, A.G. Forsyth, came up with this saying, 2020 vision, 2 Chronicles 2020. I never forgot it, and I present it to you today. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. That's 2020 vision. Number one, we believe in the Lord your, our God. Number two, we believe his prophets. We believe the prophetic scriptures. We believe the prophetic direction. To prophesy means to speak by inspiration. We receive the prophetic inspiration of the Holy Spirit and of the word of God in our lives, and we prosper. So number one this morning, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in the Lord your God. Put your belief in the Lord your God. Not in your circumstances, not in your feelings, not in what you see. Put your belief in the Lord your God. As Christians, we see through circumstances. We see through events to a greater reality. We see what God is doing. Some people can only see what's happening all around them, but those who have spiritual understanding, look through those things. We peer through the circumstances of our life and understand that God is doing an eternal work in us. The Apostle Paul said, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, the spiritual realities, the spiritual workings of the Lord. Because the things which are seen are only here for a moment. They're temporary. They're temporal. But the things that are not seen, the eternal work that God is doing in our lives, processing us, leading us, growing us up in him, these are the things that endure forever. So as people of the Lord, we see the circumstances. We know our feelings. We understand the situations of life, but we look beyond them. We gaze through them to the realities of the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10. The apostle said, but may the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. After you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. We all face sufferings. We face buffeting. We face headwinds, storms of life. And the Bible says that these, if we handle them properly, that we should root our, our lives more firmly, allow ourselves to be strengthened, settled, established in the Lord. Believe the Lord your God and you will be established. And so when we face buffetings, we face trials, different circumstances, the one thing we must do is believe in the Lord our God and allow our roots to go deeper into him. Because then we have stability. As the roots grow, the stalk thickens and is able to stand against the wind. Sometimes new believers, new converts, and I remember this when I was young. Sometimes we're buffeted by the winds. We're blown around. 
And the answer to that is that we must let our roots go down into the soil of the life of Jesus Christ and into his word, into his promises. And what will happen is that we will begin to settle. We'll begin to establish ourselves in the Lord so that we are not blown around by the winds of temptation and by an immoral, ungodly world and all the pressures we face, even the trial of, and pressure of circumstances because our roots have gone down. Think of a tree in the natural. A tree fights for footing. A tree fights for rooting. And if there are adverse winds, that tree is putting its life, it's putting its strength down into the roots because it wants to be able to stand in the storms and bring forth fruit and not be blown about or torn up. In the natural, a tree has no choice. A tree is made by God to drive its roots down into the soil so it can be strong. But in the spiritual, trees of righteousness have a choice because we, have, we live by surrender. We are free moral agents. We have choice. We are choosing human beings. And as Christians, we have a choice in a particular situation. Am I going to drive my roots deeper into God so I'm not buffeted about all the time? Or am I going to let myself go loose? Loose soil when buffeting comes. Loose commitments. Loose morals. Loose lips. Or am I going to drive my life down into the soil of God's word and God's life so I can be established firmly? Jesus said, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. He was speaking about that aspect of choice, that we have choice either to make the tree of righteousness which we are good and holy and fruitful, or we can make our lives corrupt. And we're the ones who choose what we do into the soil of our life. It's kingdom soil. When buffeting comes, let's drive ourselves deeper into God. When we face trial and circumstance and temptation, let's get deeper into God. How do we do that? Very practically, when you feel the buffeting on your life, when you feel that temptation, you feel the spiritual warfare on your life, what do you do at that point? We must take ourselves deeper into the Word of God. Maybe it'll call for some of us to spend more time in the Word, praying over the Word, more time in the presence of the Lord, more time in the congregation of the Lord, because we want to become firm. We want to become established. The Lord said, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. You will be settled. You will become strong. Psalm 92 and verse 12 says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, the house of the Lord is the assembly of the saints, the congregation, the corporate gathering. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. We must become planted in the house of the Lord, in the church body, in the union of the saints. This is one of God's places where he causes firmness and establishing and deep rooting to take place so that we grow strong and mature and fruitful in the Lord, those that are planted in the house of the Lord. The book of Acts tells us in a couple of places, one at the beginning 
of the book of Acts, it says the believers were increasingly added to the Lord. But it equally says the Lord added to the church daily such as we're being saved. We are added to the Lord, but the Lord adds us as well to the church. So we find our place in a congregation of the Lord where we can put our roots down and become established and firm in the Lord. There's a couple of scriptures I have. Acts chapter 4, 23 and 15, 22. With the early church, just notice these phrases. They went to their own company. They, certain, the believers, talking about certain people, they went to their own company. In Acts 15, 22, chosen men of their own company. In the book of Acts, Christians knew who they belonged to and where they belonged. They had their roots down. They were added to the church. They were added to the churches of the early day. And they said, that is my company. That is where I belong. That's my family. That's where I belong. I belong in the house of the Lord among those specific people that God has built me together with. God has built me together with. The house of the Lord. The planting of the Lord. Psalm chapter 1. And verse 1, Psalm 1, 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. We must plant ourselves in the word. It says in the next verse that this person who plants themselves into the word is like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in due season, and whatever he does shall prosper. His leaf will not wither. He will not be afraid of drought, barren conditions, because his, the life of this tree is drawing nutrients from a different source than this world. Planted in the word, his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law he meditates. The marginal for meditate is ponders by talking to himself. We know the word meditate means to mutter, to mumble, to speak over in indistinct sound. The Christian is always confessing, mumbling the word of God to themselves, talking out loud to themselves in the promises and word of God. And this person prospers in the Lord. We must set our roots down into the word of God. Now we always provide <clears throat> the Bible reading guide. And again, these are available in the foyer at the reception. And if it's never been your pattern to read through the Bible in a year, what a blessing you are is in store for you as you take up the Word of God and read with inspiration and read with hunger and thirst on your spirit. Planted in the Word. We need to let our roots go down into every part of the Word of God. Because there are particular nutrients in every book of the Bible. There are nutrients in certain books that you don't find in others. And that's why we need the whole counsel of God. So we read the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. We study the books of the Bible. One of the reasons we have CTI, our theological institute, is first and foremost for this house of God. Then to the nations of the world. But first of all, it's to this house of God. For those who are in this house that want a deeper understanding of certain books of the Bible, 
And if you take the entire curriculum of three years, 36 courses, you will study every book of the Bible and draw the nutrients and draw the life-giving waters out of those particular passages and books. But if you take a book here and there and you're interested, that as well. You're drawing nutrients out of Exodus, Leviticus, Joshua, Job, Psalms, Song of Solomon, the Gospels, the New Testament letters and epistles, the book of Revelation, and gaining understanding. This is how we establish ourselves in the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So number one this morning, 2020 vision, believe in the Lord your God. Be rooted and grounded in him. Believe in the Lord your God. Be planted in the house of the Lord. Be planted in the word of God, and you will be established. You will be established and hold firm. Number two. Number two. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. There are different kinds of prophetic words, or what we would put under this phrase of the prophets. There are reputable men, fivefold ministers called prophets of the Lord, and they at times give a word of direction over people, a word of counsel, a word of future, word of confirmation. One of the outstanding examples in the Bible is Samuel coming to David, a young shepherd boy, a teenage boy, and prophesying over him and anointing him that he would be king of Israel. So there are men of God that are anointed at times in the word of the Lord to put a word over people's lives, and many of us have experienced that and know the joy and the quality of that. Prophecies must be tested and confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. And of course, when it comes to the word of a prophet, a man of God, we must really carefully scrutinize the stature and the quality and the character of that man of God and make sure the Bible says we are to prove all things so we receive these prophets and these words of the Lord over our life as they come over the years the Apostle Paul said to Timothy he said take charge that you honor the prophecies that went before on your life the prophecies that went on you Timothy that by them you would wage a good warfare and how important these words of the Lord are, words of direction, words of ministry. When buffetings come, when trials and discouragements come, when contradiction to the promises of God comes in our life, to look back at those prophecies of the Lord that came to us, of our calling, of our direction, of the gifting and the destiny of God for our lives, and we take hold of those words and we war a good warfare. And we do not retreat. We do not give up. We say we believe God. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. So we press on in the knowledge of the Lord. Now there are other prophecies that can come to our life. The word of the Lord can come to us. The word of the Lord. God can give us a word of direction. Like he did to the Virgin Mary. You're going to be with child and you're going to bring forth the Son of God. And she said let it be to me according to your rhema that rhema word that specific life-giving word of direction let it be to me according to your word 
according to your word. So the Lord at times does speak to us directly and give us direction, and it's not, it's not a direct verse out of Scripture, but it will always, of course, be in line with Scripture. Then we have a word of prophecy. Sometimes a Scripture comes off the page for you. It lights up. It burns in your spirit. It's a promise of God. That is an inspiration of the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and encourage you and direct you. Some of you may have life scriptures in this book. Words that you know the Lord has spoken to you concerning your calling, your character, who you are, how you are to live, and that is a word from the Lord. That is a prophetic word as well. It's a word of inspiration. No, it hasn't come through the mouth of a person. It's come by the Holy Spirit to your life, to help you, to establish you. And then we have the whole counsel of God. The Apostle Paul in Romans 16, 26 called this whole Bible a prophecy. The prophetic scriptures, he said. The prophetic scriptures. He said, this is a prophecy. And the Apostle Peter joined him and said that this prophecy did not come by the origin of man, but holy men of God were, was spoke as they were moved, as they were impelled by the Holy Spirit. This entire book is a prophecy, and we are to receive that prophecy and take it into our lives. And this book, if we listen to the prophecy of this book, it will prosper us. We will be prospered. So we take in the word of God. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. That's the promise of God. Let's look at three scriptures. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now notice, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It doesn't say heart, although the Bible says put this word in your heart, but in Joshua 1, it, it says in your mouth. And you need to meditate. You need to memorize. You need to speak. You need to ponder by talking to yourself. You need to roll this word of God always Amen. on the confession of your lips. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate, speak it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Psalm 1, 2 to 3, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates and ponders by speaking to himself. In his law he meditates. He speaks this word of God. He reads it out loud in his devotions. He prays it out loud in his prayers. In his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. Psalm 19 and verse 11. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, 
That is by the word of God, the statutes and laws and rulings of the Lord. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. There is great reward. Put these words in your heart, King Solomon said. Put them in your heart. They'll be strength to your body. They'll be health to your body. They'll be life to your spirit. They will guide you. They will live in you. By them we're warned. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. I want to say this morning, believe God's prophets. Believe the prophetic scriptures and you will prosper. It goes without saying that the greater level of involvement we have with the word, the greater will be our prosperity. That's the equation. The more we pour our lives into the word, into the knowledge of the Lord, to understand and observe it and obey it and practice it, the greater is our liberty, our spiritual prosperity, our victory, our understanding, and our ability to reign and rule in life by one Jesus Christ our Lord. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. Now this morning I want to <clears throat> turn aside to 2 Chronicles 20. And verse 20, 20, 20 vision. In the context, believe his prophets and you shall prosper. What was the direction of the Lord? The direction of the Lord in 2 Chronicles 20, 20 was send the singers out before the army. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. Send the musicians, send the singers, send the worshipers, send the praisers out before the army and you will see the victory of the Lord. Verse 19 of 2 Chronicles 20, Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went out, King Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, and who should praise the beauty of holiness. We praise beautiful things, don't we? And there is nothing as beautiful as holiness. You can praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. When they began to sing and to praise, Believe his prophets and you will prosper. Send the singers out before the army. And the second word for praise in the Hebrew is the word yada, to worship with extended hands. Those singers and musicians, as they could, had their hands up walking out against the enemy. And God said, as they began to sing, as their hands were lifted, as they began to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the enemy, and the enemy was brought down. Let's go back to the first part of the chapter. Second Chronicles 20 and verse 1.
Second Chronicles 20 and verse 1. We have a glitch. There we are. Verse 1, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them beside the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they that are in Hazazon Tamar, which is En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah, so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Verse 12 continues. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children, stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid and dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Don't be afraid of what's coming against the world, coming against the church, coming against your life, your family, your circumstances. Put your trust in the Lord your God. We put our eyes on the Lord. We're not dismayed by the circumstances. But what do we do? We believe the Lord's prophets, and so we begin to praise the Lord. We begin to lift up our voices and magnify the Lord. We don't magnify the circumstances. We don't magnify the enemy. We don't magnify our feelings. We magnify the name of the Lord. Send the singers out before the army, God says. No matter the multitude that's coming, no matter how dire the situation looks, because these people would have been taken out physically, their lives and their families destroyed, their very lifeblood spilled on the ground. That's how precise that battle was, how ultimate it was. They began to seek the Lord, and the Lord gave them the battle plan. He said, begin to praise me in all circumstances and at all times. Now, there's a word that's been in my spirit, just one little word, and that's the word all. The word all, A-L-L. -L. And how important this word is on the pages of Scripture and in the mind of the Lord. All Judah gathered. All Judah was there to seek the Lord. Psalm 67 and verse 5 and 6 now. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. It's God's desire that all people that belong to him praise him fully and learn to praise him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let all the peoples praise you. So this morning in this house of God, this is a house of prayer for all nations. There are people here from many nations of the world, South America and Central America and Europe and the countries of Africa and the Far East Asia. Let all the peoples praise you 
And what does the Bible promise? Then the earth shall yield her increase. Then fruitfulness will come out of the earth for the people. You get into the presence of an anointed worshiping church and your life will be blessed of God as you participate and walk in the obedience of the Lord. There's an anointing of fruitfulness. There's an anointing of success and prosperity that is in that house of the Lord. And I trust and I pray to God that we qualify to be that kind of people. Then shall the earth yield her increase and God, even our own God, shall bless us. Let all the peoples praise you. Psalm 47 and verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Every believer, knowing how to clap their hands, having learned what it means and how important it is to God. Every believer clapping their hands in the house of the Lord. That's God's desire. That's God's will, looking down from the heavens this morning. Clap your hands, all ye peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. Everybody singing, everybody clapping, everybody shouting unto God with a voice of triumph. This isn't the whim of a preacher. Preachers didn't write the book. This is the mind. This is the direction of the Lord. The Lord's saying to each one of us individually this morning, let all the people praise me. Sing and rejoice. Shout and clap your hands. Respond to me. The shout of victory in the camp of the Lord. In Joshua chapter 6 and verse 5, all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man, every man straight before him. Walls of Jericho came down. God says, let all the people shout with a great shout. And they shall go up every man straight before him. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. God says, send the singers and the musicians out ahead of the army. Psalm 134, 1-2. Behold, bless the Lord. All ye servants of the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. All you servants of the Lord, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. This is the will of God. This is the mind of God to release us into prosperity, into victory, into his overcoming life. Now this is something we have to learn. The Bible says that they had to learn how to praise the Lord. I've shared testimony before concerning my own life. I grew up in a Pentecostal church and there were a few people that lifted their hands but by and large the congregation was generally reserved. There were camp meetings. There were special meetings in the church when the fire of God turned, turned up and there was expression and more vibrancy, but basically Sunday to Sunday, it was very reserved. And you saw one or two people maybe here and there throughout the congregation, a few more than that, a church of 175 people that would lift their hands and there would be a greater vocal demonstration before the Lord, but by and large reserved. Now I grew up in that tradition. I grew up in that mindset. But when I was 19... I learned to praise the Lord. And I felt like I was born again, again. It changed my life. It changed my life. Because I came to this church 
in its original building and conception, 19 years of age, but I had a hunger and thirst, call of God on my life, but I wanted to praise the Lord. I wanted to learn how to praise the Lord. And I had to work through tradition and self-consciousness and feelings and peer pressure. And I've shared before that I went through the Word of God in the Psalms and I would underline in red, mark in red, every expression of praise and worship and how to praise the Lord. And if it said bow before the Lord, I would get down on my knees on that scripture and I bowed before the Lord. And if it said dance before the Lord, I would begin to dance before the Lord. I danced before the Lord in private long before I ever danced in public because I had to get my feet under me. I had to get this revelation in my spirit so I wouldn't be blown about by the peer pressure, the morning, my feelings. In those early years, sometimes my feelings took over on me. Sometimes I came to church and I didn't feel like praising the Lord. I was troubled or I was discouraged or something was going on in my life. But I remember the day the Holy Spirit said, if you're having difficulty with feelings and circumstances, don't take it out on the Lord. Go deal with that in private. But when you come into the house of the Lord, this is for the Lord. You give him a quality sacrifice and worship and honor. And so I had to learn. And I said, you know, lifting my hands before the Lord. You know, all my friends are around me. 19 years of age, 18 years of age, young men and young women. Wow. Feel the pressure. And it took me a year I timed myself on this one. It took me a year before I could freely walk into the house of God and lift my hands any time. Didn't matter who was there, what was going on. I'm here to worship the Lord. But it took me a year to get through that. And sometimes I was 10 minutes into the worship service before I finally could break free and get my hands up and overcome myself. So this isn't something that just rests on certain people miraculously and not on others. This is something that we need to respond to the Lord. And the Bible says, if you will believe his prophets, send the singers out before the army, you will prosper. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. And so I encourage this direction today. Again, this is the word of the living God. Preachers don't write the word. We only Expose the word. Set it forth for instruction. We have Psalm 149 as well. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. People of the Lord. Let the high praises. Those are the victory praises. Those are the military praises. That's worship warfare. Let the high praises specific to that realm of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. In one of my Bibles, and coming out of the Hebrew or other translations, instead of hand, it has throat. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their throat to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Every believer has the privilege, the authority, the right to claim this promise of God of taking high praises in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand and to execute judgments 
and to execute punishment on the peoples, the kings of darkness, the rulers of this world, the principalities and powers of darkness, to overcome the enemy, to overcome the pressure of circumstances, to overcome feelings. This honor have all his saints. This privilege have all his saints if they will send the singers and musicians out ahead of the army. Send them out ahead of the army. So I trust this morning that we'll have some 2020 vision for 2020, that we will believe the Lord our God and be established. We'll look through circumstances. We'll look through temptation and trial. We'll look through the situations we face and look for some spiritual quality and eternal quality that God is working, that we will plant ourselves even more firmly in the house of the Lord than we ever have. Some believers are ignorant today. They don't even know if they need to go to church. I mean, this is unheard of in the history of Christianity, but this deception has come upon this generation. But the Bible says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord, in the congregation of the Lord, shall flourish in the courts of the Lord. They will have prosperity in their life and spirit. Planted in the word. Believe in the Lord your God. You will be established. Become firm and strong. Not blown about by the winds of life and different circumstances and troubles that come. But be firm in the Lord. Believe his prophets. Worship team, come please. And you shall prosper. Believe the prophets. Second Chronicles 20, verse 20. The word of the prophet was there. By Jehaziel's, the Spirit of God came upon him. It's a revelation from heaven. Send the singers out before the army, and you will see the victory of the Lord. The battle is not yours. It's the living God's. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Let's stand this morning. Hallelujah. Receive the word of the Lord. Receive the counsel of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me add this in this morning. As we stand before the Lord, when we come before the Lord as a congregation. The Lord has a prescribed order for us. It's clear in his word. The Apostle Paul wrote the pastoral epistles, and they were letters written to the ministers of the churches, but they were also to the churches. Instructions to pastors, instructions to the people of how the church life should be ordered. And what should take place in the corporate gathering? And the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Timothy 2.1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings, worship, be made for all men. He said, this is the first thing I want done in the congregation. What is the order of the Lord? That when we gather on a Sunday that's why we have a prayer service beforehand. Because first of all, first in order, is supplications, prayers, intercessions, and worship, thanksgivings. And then he said, 
Once that has been conducted, then you fold out into the scriptures. In 1 Timothy 4.13, he said, Give attention to the reading of the scriptures, to exhortation and doctrine, to preaching and teaching, in other words. Give attendance to the reading of the word of God, to preaching and teaching, and that's how the order falls out. First, we come with worship, with thanksgiving, with praise, the prayer rooms of the house of God. We open up our hearts, and then the word of God is sown in, and we prosper in the presence of the Lord. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Now, sometimes preachers and movements want to become more innovative, and so they try different things. Why do we always start with prayer and praise and worship? Let's change this around. Why don't we start with the word and then do praise and worship later? And many kinds of things have been done, but the counsel of the Lord stands sure, and sooner or later, everybody comes back to what the book says. Let's start our services with prayer and praise and worship, and then let's pour in the life of the word and the seed of God. This is divine order. This is of the Holy Spirit. It's not of man's mind or ingenuity. These are the ways of the Lord. And this morning, believe in the Lord your God. You'll be established. Believe his prophets, and you will prosper. Now, we're going to close out in prayer, but I have one other inspiration in my spirit this morning. This is the year of 2020 vision. How many people here this morning need a touch on your eyes? You need the Lord to touch your eyes. Some of you with severe situations, step out from where you are and come to the front because the Lord is the one who restores sight to the blind. It's the promise of God. Listen to this. In John chapter 9 and verse 32, it was recognized. They said, since the beginning of time, since the foundation of the world, it's unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of the blind. Jesus healed a blind man in John chapter 9. In John chapter 9. And they said, he must be Messiah. He must be Christ. No man since the beginning of the world has opened the eyes of the blind. And you go through the Old Testament and there is not one case of healing of sight to the blind. Not one recorded case. You find healings and miracles of all description. But one thing you don't find in the Old Testament is the healing of blind eyes. It was a miracle reserved for Jesus Christ. It's unheard of from the beginning of time that one was, one's eyes were opened and healed, but not anymore because Jesus Christ has come and he restores sight to the blind. And I, I sense in my spirit that the Lord wants us to contend in our lives for the sight of our eyes. Our youth to be renewed like the eagles. And one thing the eagle has is sight powerful sight. Let's ask God to touch our eyes. Let's ask God to minister to our bodies this morning. Entire spirit, soul, and body offered to the Lord. Ask the Lord to touch your eyes. Anoint your eyes with eye salve. I know I am these days. Lord, restore my sight in a greater way. Restore my sight, Lord. We need our eyes. We need our vision. Let's ask God for 2020 vision this morning as we close out. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Believe God. Pull down the promise of God into your spirit. Confess the word of God. 
taken the hope of the Lord into your heart this morning. Walk out with a new confession, a new boldness before the Lord, a new cry of your heart. Amen.